Welcome back to Catholic Doctrine Bible Study. This is session 162. I'm your host, Jim Hawk. In this session, we will pick up on Exodus chapter 3, verse 4. Moses has just seen this burning bush and says, hey, why is this bush not, uh, not burning? So in uh, verse 4, uh, the Lord saw him coming over to look at it more closely, and God called out to him from the bush, Moses, Moses, he answered, here I am, God said. So God is looking for Moses, and Moses sees God, if you will, in this uh, theophany, in this uh, this appearance of God through uh, through nature. Uh, may I submit that God makes Himself visible to us each and every day in the people that we meet, in the beauty that we see in the world around us, and hopefully we will recognize it. Um, I suggest to you that uh, we all have billboards at times presented to us, but we are so busy driving down the highway that we don't see God's billboards all the time uh, giving us direction for our life. So um, how do we see those billboards more clearly? Through prayer, uh, through reflection. Okay, so um, God appears to him. And God says in verse 5, Come no near, remove the sandals from your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. Okay, so how does that apply to us today? Well, when you enter church, it's holy ground. We are to treat God with the respect that he deserves. Think of all that he has done for us, right? It saddens me when I see people showing up late for mass, the same people habitually. Okay, that's a lack of respect. Or perhaps uh, with the clothes they choose to wear to mass uh, shows anything but respect for, uh, for our God. So God makes it pretty clear, hey, if we're going to have a relationship, we have to have mutual respect, right? So uh, remove the sandals from your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. I might uh, underline that uh, part of verse 5. Okay, and God has to explain who he is to Moses. I am the God of your father, he continued, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of, of uh, Jacob. So Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. But the Lord said, this is verse 7, I have witnessed the affliction of my people in Egypt and have heard their cry of complaint against their slave drivers, so I know well what they are suffering. Verse 8, God says, Therefore I have come down to rescue them from the hands of the Egyptians. Okay. But later on now, in verse 10 of chapter 3 still, God says, Come now, I will send you to Pharaoh to lead my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. So who's really going to save the people? 
Is it Moses or is it God? Well, it's God. God is going to save the people, but he is going to use Moses as an instrument. Okay. Now, if you were presented this task by God with your people enslaved and God says, hey, I want you to lead the people, what would be a typical reaction, a human reaction? Well, we will see several. Verse 11, Moses says to him, his, his you know, kind of his first uh, objection to God, and there are several, who am I that I should go to Egypt and lead the Israelites out of Egypt? So we might think, hey, I'm not strong enough to make any kind of a dent to, or to, to move the needle, if you will, uh, for the world, for, for Christ, right? Who am I to do that? Well, as we shall see, God doesn't want perfect people. He doesn't seek perfect people to do his work. He seeks willing people to do his work. And God can work with whatever you give him to achieve whatever task God has presented before you, okay, for the benefit of his kingdom. So God says in verse 12, I'll be with you and I will give you some proof. When you bring my people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this very mountain. Remember in at the beginning of chapter 3, Moses was at Mount Horeb, also known as Mount Sinai. They're the same mountain, different names. And um, we know what's going to happen there. Uh, at least most of you would know. That is ultimately where Moses is going to uh, go up and receive the Ten Commandments, right? Not the Ten Suggestions, by the way. So, uh, but then Moses has, well, I'll... I'll say this is more of a question than a uh, objection. But Moses said to God, when I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. If they ask me, what is his name? What am I to tell them? Well, um, I want to comment on that for a bit. So it's been 400 years since Joseph had uh, brought his family to Egypt. You remember that story from Genesis, right? So the people don't even know what to call God or really who God is. And may I suggest to you that uh, our own families, our own children, our own grandchildren need to hear about God from you. Okay. If one generation goes without learning about God, about his church, about his desires for us, about his mercy, about his expectations, we're going to lose the faith. Okay. There will always be a remnant, but uh, you, you can't just assume that the faith will be passed down by somebody else. Okay. And uh, so Moses says, excuse me. Yeah. Moses asks, um, in verse 13, if they ask me, what is his name, meaning God's, what am I to tell them? God replied, I am who am. So that's kind of his name. I am who am. See, if you name somebody, you know, it's, you are giving them some sort of a description. Well, God is undescribable. Whatever attempt we make to describe God will fall short because 
he is God and we are mere humans, right? So he's I am. I am, what does that mean? I am who am? Well, I am who, uh, you know, I, I am who I will be. Uh, I, you know, I, I am God, all right? So by the way, Jesus, of course, that's why Jesus was put to death in the Gospel of John. He repeatedly tells, evokes the name of God uh, when, when he says things like, I am the bread of life. I am the living water. The people knew very well uh, that we're listening to Jesus, that Jesus is saying, I am God. You know, they didn't, the Jews didn't even have words for God. Uh, they had a word for him, Yahweh, but they would even take out, they had such respect for God that they even took the vowels out of that so that, um, you know, you, you weren't admit, you weren't supposed to even mention the word of God, or, or I should say God, uh, because of the respect that you were supposed to have for, uh, for God. Okay. So God is beyond our total comprehension, but that doesn't mean we should not seek him. And God certainly makes many things known, uh, particularly through his church, right? Okay. Um, then God added, this is what you should tell the Israelites. I am, capital I, capital A-M, sent me to you. Okay. So Moses doesn't totally understand this God, but he's pretty impressed, right? As, as you would think he would be, appearing in a uh, burning bush. And uh, he says, uh, you shall say to the Lord, uh, say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the guys uh, Isaac and Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. And he tells them, go and assemble the elders and uh, tell them about this. And God says, hey, I know it's not going to be easy. In verse 19, he says, I know that the king of Egypt will not allow you to go unless he is forced. I will stretch out my hand, therefore, and smite Egypt by doing all kinds of wonderful, wondrous things there, after that, he, meaning Pharaoh, will send you away. So God is guaranteeing the victory to Moses right there. So if Moses had total and complete faith, he could say, all right, I'm not going to be afraid at all. I'm just going to follow your plan. And um, in our own lives, we want to say, Lord, I'm totally devoted to you. I have no fears. I, I, uh, I'm absolutely confident in you. Um, but we see that Moses is not, you know, he wants to believe, but he still has his doubts. And I think it's okay, you know, to have your, uh, we're all human. We all have our doubts of, of God. But I think we're going to see here that when God promises something, he delivers. Okay, so as proof that Moses doesn't totally believe God, we're on to chapter four, and um, he's got some more uh, objections, right? His second objection, chapter four, verse one. But, objected Moses, suppose they will not believe me, nor listen to my plea, for they may say, the Lord didn't appear to you. And then, I'll just summarize, God shows him a few tricks. Uh, he says, 
you know, I can turn your, you can turn your staff. If you throw it on the ground, it'll turn into a serpent, which is pretty cool because a snake was one of Egypt, Egyptian gods. Uh, the Egyptians had many gods. So it's like, hey, I can turn this uh, rod into a, a snake, uh, symbolic of uh, dominance over any idea that there is uh, an Egyptian god of power, okay? So, uh, but um, God shows him a couple other things in verse 6 and 7. Uh, he gives uh, Moses' hand leprosy, and then he takes his hand and takes away the leprosy. So that's with the hand and, uh, you know, putting his hand on his bosom. And uh, so he gives him leprosy and all those sorts of things and then takes it away. And so anyway, it's pretty cool. Uh, he also has uh, take some water and from the river and pour it on the dry land. You, the water you take from the river will become blood on the dry land. So that's pretty cool. So you would think maybe Moses would say, all right, Lord, I'm convinced you've shown me these couple of miracles. I'll just go ahead and follow you, right? But is Moses fully convinced that uh, it will happen just the way the Lord says? No. He says, if you please, Lord, I'm in verse 10 now. If you please, Lord, I have never been eloquent neither in the past nor recently, nor now that you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and tongue. So he's given objections. Now, God has given you some task to do. Hopefully, you know what it is. If not, pray about it. Ask God, what do you want me to do for your kingdom? And God will reveal that to you. And there will be shortcomings. This podcast, for example, I don't know anything about electronics. I and but a number of people said, just go ahead and do that, and um, just do this podcast, and we will figure out all the technical stuff. And so I said, all right, fine. Uh, so God will provide a way, and uh, God initially wants Moses, even though Moses says he's slow of speech and tongue. Uh, God wants Moses initially to be the deliverer of uh, God's plan to Pharaoh. The Lord says, who gives one man speech and makes another deaf and dumb, or who gives sight to one and makes another blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Go then. It is I who will assist you in speaking and will teach you what to say. So do you think Moses went along with that? No. Verse 13, yet he insisted, if you please, Lord, send someone else. Okay, God can send someone else, and we will see here. Um, God says, "All right, Mo Aaron is a pretty good speaker." So I I'm paraphrasing, but in essence, God is saying, "Since you turn me down, we'll go with Plan B, and Aaron can be your spokesman. I will speak to you, and then you know you speak to Aaron, and uh, he will uh, he will be your your spokesman." And so, uh, uh, anyway, but plan B is never as good as plan A. So if you turn God down, can God still work through somebody else? Yes, he can. But plan B is never as good as plan A, as we shall see. Because when Aaron is spokesperson, well, spoiler alert, there's a little a thing going on, oh, a bunch of chapters from now, 
where when Aaron is spokesman, he goes along with this idea of, of worshiping the idol of the golden calf. So I would submit to you, when God tells you to do something and he tells you that he's going to be with you to do it, you need to trust that because plan A is always better than plan B. Plan B in, the, in this case ends up disastrously with uh, the people worshiping a golden calf. But we're not there yet. We'll, we'll get there. But uh, anyway, so trust in God. He's already promised us the victory of our souls uh, in, in heaven. Well, we're about out of time, so let's go to the Lord in prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Uh, Lord, you give us signs each and every day of your majesty. You give us signs that you are worthy of worship, that you are worthy of our respect in, in mass, etc. But uh, just in what you have provided for us, most, uh, most of all, uh, the opportunity for eternal life in, in heaven with you. Um, so we ask that you will help us look for our own burning bushes in life and then respond with courage knowing and ask and be asking constantly, what do you want me to do? And then trust in you to give us the graces that we need to accomplish your task. We ask this in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.